Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on on this beautiful, beautiful day. Um, So... Uh, just a shout out to Benny before we get started. How are you, Mr. B? Howdy, Pat. Being pretty good. And today we have a little different format for all of you out there. We are not uh, streaming on Facebook today, but we are live streaming across YouTube on 1150 KKNW. And also we will be able to pull that and put that up on our YouTube as well as Facebook. And so there we go in a bold new world. Um You know, what is the question really that at least I've been coming up with recently? What is that question? Um, What is the question when I think about what is it in any given day that will get me off my wheel, right? Have Have you ever noticed that here you are, you're really rolling, you're stable. It's like riding a bicycle, you know, you get those training wheels and there you go. And somehow somebody in your family decides, wow, she's ready for like one training wheel. So they take one wheel off and then you have this other training wheel. And what's interesting about that is that you get on this bike and you've got your little training wheel. My, my, by the way, Benny, mine were big training wheels. I don't know what, I don't know what you give the kids today. I don't, did your, did your, Boys have training wheels. We did no for just wheels. a little bit. I felt like they just got in the way, and we just went to the park, and we just started out on the lawn. So if they did kind of topple over, which they did, they, it's soft <laughs> landing, and they picked it right soft up. Soft landing. Yeah, right? I love it. But back in the day, right, you know, they put you, they gave you these. I never forget these training wheels. It's really interesting mm-hmm. when I think about my child and I think about this. And I had this moment this morning where I woke up. And what I realized is that, you know, this, this life journey, right, and what we have in our destiny and say yes to. And I made this bold announcement last week or maybe this week that my feeling was that this week represented the power of yes. And I gave about five different examples. The question really is, what was the energy that fueled that for me? What was it that fueled it? And what is it? that that we know if you're fueled in a way of that level of self-discovery and that was self-discovery for me it was waking up on monday and just stepping into the studio and looking at all the yeses that were showing up yes 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 new people you know three people that we interviewed for producers and we didn't really think all three of them would be a yes, but we held it in our consciousness and we came in. And even one of the folks that was highly unlikely to say yes, boom, yes, yes, yes. But what was the energy that started that? You know, was it the fact that I had so many people talking to me about 
astrology and about the blood moon in my sign? Was it that? Was it a new understanding or a new energy about knowing that you're fully aligned with your purpose? But what is it? What is it that we can learn now? Deeply learn practices we can deeply learn deep states that will bring us to that place, regardless of crazy town going on on the outside. See, because it's one thing to be able to be, oh, I'm in self-discovery now. And then you wake up and something externally happens. And all of a sudden you're in crisis. Today, we are going to be talking with Dr. Keith Lowenstein about Lowenstein or Lowenstein, Keith? Lowenstein. Lowenstein. I got it right the first time, didn't I? You did, yes. Very my New good. York. That's got to be my New York. Um, where are we talking with Dr. Keith about what we can learn through a detailed guide? And we're going to talk about some basic techniques, but more importantly, we're going to be talking about why, how, and what about what he's bringing forward. In a form of yoga, we're going to talk about that will get us to that place where we can help ourselves physically, mentally, and I will have to say for me, Dr. Keith, you can talk about it spiritually, because if I am lined up with my yes and an internal knowing that is free from doubt, that is free from guilt, that is free from shame, if I can open my breath every day with that, Everything is a yes. And what I mean by that is it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Dr. Keith, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. It's very, very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. This is a wonderful program you provide. Thank you. I have to talk about you for a minute if I could. And I love that I'm going to talk about you. Because you and I are probably, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm one of the most unlikely people to be talking with you. But when we look at our backgrounds, board certified in psychiatry, integrative medicine, study of mind, body, uh, interface. Oh, wow. When I was back burning my bra. Uh, Training with, so you understand we're probably come from the same place back then, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Training, I want to ask you this question, because I've often looked at the 70s for me and then the 80s for me, and I looked at that with you. I want to know what happened in your evolution. What happened in your evolution to guide you from the vast and deep knowledge of psychiatry into the mind-body interface? And when you say 71, all I can think about is Herbert Benson and training and transcendental meditation. And then in 1980, tell me what what pulled you forward in the evolution of Dr. Keith. Um, Well, I was always drawn to the contemplative um, traditions. I think nature was a very big pull for me, even though, you know, I grew up in a metropolitan area. Um, I think we were, I mean, since we're from a similar age, there was a big influence on uh, the availability of Eastern traditions in the late 60s, early 70s. And so you mentioned TM. 
So I first got training in TM in, in, um, in 70, um, 72, I think. And, you know, and, and I practiced and, um, uh, you know, slowly, slowly made my way. And I, I, I serendipitously met um, my teacher, Ganesh Baba, uh, formerly known as uh, Sri Mahan Swami Ganesha Nandagiri. Um, and, you know, it was interesting for you when you started out talking this morning about, um, you know, being um, maybe pulled off our center. Yeah. If, you know, there's a lot going on um, and, and how, how some techniques can keep you centered. Yep. So how did I stay with this particular practice? Well, I ended up um, spending some time with my teacher and not a very long amount of time. It was, you know, maybe it was a month or so, and, um, but there was some intense time and we're in New York City and I'm, I'm out doing, you know, the chores of the day and I'm walking through Midtown and doing some of these practices. And I'm feeling as if, you know, I've just been in British Columbia for a month. Mm. And I thought to myself, wow, there's really something to this. And, and, and that, is, that is how I ended up um, uh, uh, sticking with it and pursuing mm -hmm. it. So it was really actually my practice of Kriya Yoga that brought me to medicine and then psychiatry. It was not, you know, the other way around. I, I, I ended up going, ended up taking an anatomy and physiology class to help me teach Kriya Yoga meditation better. And from there, I ended up going to medical school. The thing I love about this is, is, is tracing back those moments. And this is why I wanted you to talk about it today a little bit. Because, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I've been thinking about what, the, what this pathway has become. And really looking at this for myself in a lot of ways, I be, I've been asked by a number of people, you know, write a book, write a book. And it's made me really go introspectively about I don't really have anything to say, that kind of thing. Like, uh, I like interviewing you. I, lo I love your book. I love to talk about this. That's what I love. But it's had me go back. And I want to ask you this one question. Um, and, and it is from practices of deep states. It is from your book. And one of the things I want to talk about is the path. And what I loved about this is how powerful a practice can be. And what I mean by that is the absence of a practice. And we're going to talk about the practices in your book. We're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about you know, we're going to talk about yoga, but we're going to talk about the transformative energy and power of it. I like to talk about it as transmutation because, and let me ask you this, because you and I are talking about walking the streets of New York with a practice, and, and we're going to get into what the practice is, walking the streets of New York and have an epiphany. And as I was talking this week, I, I want you to comment on this and really talk about what the importance of these are. Being homeless at 17 and not having clothes and feeling dirty and seeing three people dressed in white outfits with tambourines 
on a street corner in right back in the day, sure, right? Sure. Yep, on a street corner, boom, 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 maybe in the West Village, probably not uptown, but probably in the West Village. As I come out of Cafe Wa after listening to Bob Dylan, and here I am in the in the early stages of the novelty of homelessness, the freedom of it before you realize you have no money and no place to sleep. And I see these three people. And all I think about is, I need clean clothes. I end up with them, clean clothes. But what happened to me in that short period of time transmuted something. Can you talk about what this opportunity is for us to be able to transmute, to change? even the most horrific states that we may be seeing on the outside, Dr. Keith, because I think when I'm reading your book and I'm reading about the power of this, we need this now. Yes. Yes, we do. We do need this now. And there seems to be, um, you know, an openness for it now. You know, I've, I've, I mean, people who know me, there's been availability, um, uh, for it for many years, but there certainly is more interest now, and people seem to be coming with the energy um, and intention to practice. So it's practice that's important, right? It's finding a practice that resonates with you, you know, that, that, that you can have some affinity to and really begin to engage, but then doing it and doing it and doing it like any skill. You know, you might love to hear piano music, you know, and you might learn a chord or two or three and have fun with it. But unless you really stick with it every day, then, you know, how, how, then it becomes a symphony. And then, wow, you can do, you can do um, uh, so much more with it. Um, I, I'm assuming that it was the Hare Krishna movement that you were talking about. It was. So- Believe me, I didn't know it was a movement, but the reason I'm bringing it up and I want to really jump into your book is because sometimes things are put in front of you. When I started to talk about the power of yes this week, I I have gone back and remembered that I have had in my life an innate ability to tap into that. I mean, why would I be attracted to these three people, which ultimately they saved my life, albeit for a short period of time? Sure. They saved my life. But... I was introduced to something that seemed so odd to me, but was so powerful that it became a way for me to guide my life. And even though stepping away from it, you never forget that understanding. And I want to ask you, um, as we look at what you're talking about and what you share with us in the book about this form of yoga, I want to ask you this question. What are the what are the tenets of this for this practice with the practices in your book and the origins of it that could bring us to a place of peace and freedom? Well, the. You know, there's a there's a few basic practices and we can touch on them all in one. Yeah. One is really the what you had exposure to, which with the Hare Krishnas was a, a, a repetitive chant which can be so, so, so powerful. And, and I myself ended up cooking w- once for about a week with them in a, yes. in a campsite. And, um, 
And oh my goodness, you know, I was 16, 17, maybe at the time. Right. Yeah. And oh, you know, it, it really was, it, it, it really, it really held a lot. And so, so that what's, what's unique about Kriya and what's unique about what Ganesh Baba did with Kriya is he tried to distill it down to its most simplest form and then kind of, you know, jazz it up a little bit. So it's a little bit of an accelerated path, you know, if you follow it. So there's four pieces to it. There's a posture piece and it corresponds to Pantanjali's Yoga Sutras. And, and if you look, that, that is really the, the classic um, manual for yoga. And, and if you look at that, Kriya Yoga is the yes. only yoga that is mentioned in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Yeah. And so there's posture, there's breath work, there's, there's, there's sensory retraction, kind of shifting your awareness to inside so that your five senses are more focused inside. And then there's, then there's the incorporation of, of abstraction or kind of a, paying more attention to the vibrational qualities of life like you were talking about before. Yeah. And it's the mantras, you know, repetitive. You know, if you're, if you're a religious person and you go to church, you know, and you have, you have a particular line of a prayer that means a lot to you, that repetitive... Um, cadence coupled with those other exercises. And what happens is as you learn each of these and they each can be explored very, very deeply and played with in lots of subtleties. But once you get them all working together, then you move into a meditative state. And so what is a meditative state? It is really just a new state of consciousness, a super consciousness, so to speak, in the waking state kind of that, that you can compare to the subconscious state of sleep, right? So we all know how to go to sleep most of the time, right? So we can, <laughs> yeah, right. But, but so how do we move toward meditation? It's really no different. We just have to learn. We're yeah. learning how to use the different parts of our nervous system um, in a new way. So by focusing it in these different ways, our brain starts to talk within itself differently just like when we go to sleep. Yep. But then we're in this other state and meditation. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Then you, you go, you, you go from there and there's, there's a tremendous amount um, uh, to explore. Um, someone asked me a question the other day. Um, we were, I was taking a walk in my neighborhood. We were talking with some neighbors and with COVID and all those things going yeah, on. Yeah. 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 You know, right. Said, they said, yeah, so what do you do for stress? What do you do? And I said, oh, you know, I have a meditation practice. And they said, oh, yeah, 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 I tried that. You know, they also can remember the 70s, right? So they you know, <laughs> they said, oh, yeah, I remember. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't keep that up. And, you know, just spontaneously out of my mouth came, yeah, you know, and, and it just becomes more interesting as I continue to mm -hmm. practice and get older. So it really is. You know, it really is a practice that is rich and grows and you continue to get insights at, at all stages of your life because at each, each stage of our development, we, we view the world differently. But and, when we're talking about, when we're talking about Kriya Yoga, when we're talking about this and, the, and what you brought forth in the book, what I loved about this is a reminder. And this is what got me to remember. It's when you talked about, and you put a chart in your book 
And the chart in your book talks about the roots and the fundamentals. And what I was reminded of is as I looked at this chart and I looked at, let, let me just call it a spectrum because for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to tell you, spectrum is on my mind right now. And, uh, and I'll share that story during the break. But I looked at this and I thought, why am I not doing this every day? What is it that gets in the way of our fundamental ability to connect within, which I believe is the resulting other 93% of our brain we're not using? It's not, we're not going to get that from over here. I personally believe it's got to be from what we learn inside. And I went to think about this, and you know what hit me? And maybe you can touch upon this. When we're talking about Kriya Yoga, there's an aspect of spirituality that is so important and so important for us to remember. And yet what you talk about in the book is, is the body, it's the mind, it's the breath, it's the physical movement, it's the way we sit. How do all of things when combined create that sweet spot of peace? That's my language. Sorry if I kind of overlaid that with your stuff. Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. I mean, language is part of the problem with some of this stuff. (laughs) um, uh, It is for me. Yeah, you know, you have to be able to accept other people's descriptions and just try to understand what people are talking about because all of our human experience is the same. And, and these states are the same regardless of what, what religion you or spiritual tradition you come from. And these practices, I mean, the breath is very important, and I'll come back to that in a second, but you know, these practices are really ubiquitous to all the mystical traditions throughout Eurasia. So that the, the whole spectrum, it, they probably started, you know, in the, right now in the border between India and Pakistan and spread both ways. But you look at old Persian practices, um, uh, the, the Kabbalah, the mystical Christian practices, um, Buddhism, it all, all the deep states um, use very, very similar techniques and they're just all caused, called something different. But why does... Why is posture and breath the, the basics and posture the most important? So, so maintaining your posture really at all times in waking states, without maintaining your posture correctly, your central nervous system has its own challenges, but you can't breathe. You can't breathe, not fully. In order for your, you to have a full breath, your lungs come all the way up to your clavicle. Hardly anybody breathes up there. No. Because why? Because we're, because, I mean, it's much worse these days because everyone's kind of hunched over on their phone or their computer. But, you know, but, but walking but, across the street, Dr. Keith. I mean, yeah. you know, I started to do my own behavioral study and had to abandon it because I had too many <laughs> subjects that are walking across the street like this. Yeah. So if you sit straight, then, then your ribs can move up and down and they can expand when you breathe. And your breath is so important. So in the, in the Indian meditative traditions, they use the term prana. Qi is used in, in Chinese medicine, and many traditions have, have, have a word for that, life energy. Well, that's in our breath. And, and if you can really learn to appreciate the breath, which you can once you start to improve your posture, 
It's so powerful. And what it does is it goes directly to your brainstem, directly to the oldest part of the brain that everything else is built up around. And why are we stressed? All the stress aggravates our stress response. That's all deep in the brain, in the primitive part of the brain. But our breath is a direct link to that part of the brain. So, you know, it's hard to sit there for most people and decrease their rate of digestion or change their heart rate. But boy, they can sure change how they breathe. And that affects that whole system, that whole autonomic nervous system. And, and you hear people today talk about the vagus nerve and the polyvagal theory and things like that. This is the master technique to work with that whole system. So by using your breath, you can affect the, 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 the state of your whole system. And then you can start to use your concentration and you go within and you get to experience whole different levels of awareness that are there, but we're just not, we just can't tune into them. Think of it as an old radio. So we're on a new type of radio now, right? But remember the old radios. I have an old radio here. As a matter of fact, during a break, I'm going to go pick this thing up. It's like an antique. I'm going to go, Benny, I'm going to, during the break, I'm going to try to go get this radio here and pick it up. Um, so it has, you're right. we're on a new radio. Yeah. So the old radios have an antenna and a dial, right? Yeah. And you remember you turn the dial to bring the, to get rid of the static. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing yeah. at Kriya Yoga. We are learning to tune up our body mind machine so that it works in optimal operational order so that it can tune into all these other subtle energies that are there. What is intuition? What is spiritual experience? You know, what, what are those things? They're there. Why aren't we feeling them all the time? They're always there. That's the question. Well, we're that's, not paying attention. We're not. And that's why I started the show talking about how I started the week. And as the week went on, and I started to read your book, I read the books, uh, by the way. And so when we come back from break, what I want to talk about is moving into the uh, pranayama as an art and a science. I want to move into that because one of the things I love is that if we are reminded of how to make that adjustment, just like you learn when you take off that first training wheel on the bike, you learn to make an adjustment as a kid that quickly, that intuitively, right? What is it? that we can learn from this to implement now, because I want to talk with you about the power of joy. And I, and I mean, it's a power for me. Oh, absolutely. Because when I'm in that place, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what's falling down around us. You know, right now we are in this phase where we are capitalistic balance control of my checkbook. We're so mindful of what is there and what's not. And for some people, they need to be. There are people right now, and I know this, that just don't understand how we got there. And they don't have access to the tools that you and I have. That's why we do shows like this, because maybe somewhere, someday, somebody will listen to this and understand that there's something that they can change. You know, let's go to break. One of the most influential moments, other than dressing up in white, chanting, hitting a tambourine as a young kid, the reminder I got was when Tina Turner 
agreed for them, and I think she agreed, for them to do a movie about her life. Mm. And most of the movie was so difficult to watch, except the, the ending. And watching her chant, you know, watching Tina Turner chant and remembering that chant and not even knowing the power of that. And then moving along, Dr. Keith, and having one of the people join our network, Sarah Main, who taught and teaches ancient Sanskrit, the mm -hmm. language of confidence. She is an expert renowned in the world. Celebrities call her to say, can you give me the correct Sanskrit? And working with her and then realizing everything you're talking about, everything available to us doesn't even cost money. When we come back, art, science, and I want to say for Dr. Keith, this is a time of action. This is a time of action. This is a time when your mind starts to tell you you're not enough. You're really not destined to do what you think you want to do, even if it's like if you want to bake cakes, you bake that cake. This is the time now to learn new tools. When we come back, Dr. Keith is going to walk us through what some of those tools are, what we can do now, and the power of joy. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off, you're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365DailyHustle.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons. Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or visit Susan's website at SusanDolce.com. Imagine you are a ball of steel, smooth, small, and cool to the touch. 
Your life will soften you with fire. You will take hits that shape you. You will be forged into a powerful, purposeful work of art. Tune in to Forging a Life with Coach Christine Clark. Joining Dr. Pat Basile in a three-part series, Truths in the Creation of Katana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Christine Clark, a gifted, engaging speaker and trainer who has forged her life in the fires of self-employment, will take you on a journey to exploring the internal, mental, and emotional blocks that stand between us and a life of significance through an analogy of the process of crafting a traditional Japanese sword or katana. For more information about Christine, visit sunglowtransformation.com. Welcome back. I just had a moment. Welcome back, everybody. You know, Dr. Keith, let's stop for a moment. Um, I want to make sure everybody knows, and Benny, I'm going to do this because you're going to get it on YouTube, right? Oops, oopsie, right there. See that? Right there. That's a fabulous book I'm referring to. Um, Practices for Deep Safes of Meditation. Um, Kriya Kriya Yogas for Self-Discovery. Before I go ahead, Dr. Keith, this is one body of work, one conversation you have, there's more to you. How do we find out the more to you? Where do we go? Well, there's there's a website, kriyabreath.com, and that, that has a background about um, the book, my uh, the teachers, the lineage, and um, there's also classes that we offer um, online at this point in time. And so you can keep, if you wanna be in touch, that's a way to get in touch is through that website. Um, I'm, um, I'm a practicing psychiatrist also in Portland, Oregon. Um, and, um, uh, that has a different website. My practice is called human holistics with an S on the end. So it's, um, uh, humanholistics.com. And we have an integrative, um, mental health practice where I utilize a lot of, a lot of different, um, modalities, um, including acupuncture, um, I got to comment on that. <laughs> Can I? Sure. Go ahead. I got to take my hat off to you about that. Um, I'm really thrilled about it. I don't know if, I, you know, this is like, I don't know who I want to give credit to for starting this. I don't know if it's Herbert Benson from Harvard and those people that came out of there and said, ah, oh, we're going to meditate and, you know, in the school of psychiatry, right? I don't even know where to go with that. Here's what I want to say. I wish my field, psychology, would catch up to you guys. You know, when I graduated in 2001, two things happened. The head of my department saw me standing with what he thought was crystals and banned me from any of the students working with me. They weren't crystals. They were, I mean, seriously, this is the school of psychology. This is how we, we are trying to evolve. And then I went to practice in Washington State. And I discovered I couldn't use the word spirituality mm. or astrology. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do clinical psychology. I'm walking away from that, even though I would love to help people. And I shifted to a neurocognitive frame. And what it did was change my perspective. Here's my question for you, Dr. Keith. Mm. Help us understand the power of the art and science of this and how it does change perspective. Yes. And let, let me, let me comment that you know, okay. psychology, psychology also has their pioneers. And so I'm not sure where you were or that, that feedback, but 
there are plenty of psychologists yes. going back many, many, many years. Yep. Um, uh, many, many years. I mean, you know, <clears throat> that have talked about um, spirituality. And Herbert it's Benson. Changed. Yes, yes. But, you know, go, going, yeah, it's, it's you know, over 100 years that psychology <laughs> has been writing about it. But, you know, it goes back and forth. The pendulum changes, right? So, um, <clears throat> but these practices do affect your, your neurology. I mean, that is, that is what we're playing with. Um, we are playing with your, you know, brain. And your brain includes your spinal cord which is why the posture piece is important also, right? So it goes, your brain is floating in water. Your brain is floating in water. It has water inside it. So it's filled with cerebral spinal fluid that goes inside. There's ventricles, there's water-filled areas in the middle of your brain and around your spinal cord and even down through the middle of your spinal cord. So the, the, the nervous system is also covered with something called dura, which is, you know, a thick fascia substance that itself is alive. Everything inside us is alive. And as we start to decrease, as we start to balance, first posture and then breath, we, the, the, the static and the stress and strain of these things, these calm down a little bit. And, and, and your system begins to look at itself so what is so there's so you, you you're going to the deep still point within, which is no different than w what people think of as God or the you know the ultimate. Yeah. And so th that and that is you know that is the moment where people get you know a real deep epiphany, uh, you know, like you were talking about before, where wow, you know, there's really not much separation here, and that is always available to us. So Kriya Yoga um, was um, brought to this country by um, Paramahansa Yogananda. And yes. he wrote a very popular book, Autobiography of a Yogi, that I think for people, you know, probably a decade older than, than me, really, it, it had profound influences on, on many. And people still read it. It still is um, popular. So he, he spoke about the brain and the spinal cord as the altar of God. Yes. You know, and, and really, um, and you know, what is that? Really, to use your word peace before, you can, you can just, you know, switch those two. It's the altar of peace. It's the altar of joy. It's how you, how you allow your nervous system to experience its innate state of joyfulness. I love this conversation with you. And I, I know we've got a short time left because I'm going to fast forward. Um, there are certain things that I am a student of. I'm a student of your work. I don't claim to understand the details. That's why I'm so fascinated and curious by it. But I love the idea of waking up every day and choosing my neural pathway. Isn't that the weirdest statement you can make? I mean, the, people say, "Oh, create your day." I'm like, "No, I want to. I, I want to. I want to choose my neural pathway for today." And I, to be honest with you, I don't know what it means, and I'd like to hear. Am I? Am I going to choose? <laughs> what am I choosing? <laughs> well, you know, well, well, I, I would, I would, I would. Don't get too caught up in your choice. <laughs> yes. I, I, Thank I you. Let, I, I would <laughs> let your nervous system choose. That's it. Yes. And so 
But in order to do that, you have to give it space and time to do that. So what you have to do, and the most important thing to do, is to figure out mm -hmm. a time, preferably first thing in the morning, where you can go and sit and have some time for your system to adjust. You know, and, 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 and it has to be ideally every day at the same time. And that's yeah. where the intention comes. Yeah. You have to have some intention and desire to go down a path of looking within. Mm. And so if you, you know, practices can be very simple. Three minutes, five minutes of some basic yoga Thank you. activities. And then you sit. Then you do maybe two or three minutes of more active pranayama or breath exercises. And then you, then you let everything settle. And, and, and you watch. Now, granted, it's more, it can be more complicated and you can push it a little further, but that's the basics. And you can, you can really go from there. And why do you do breathing exercises? You know, you're looking to wake up your respiratory system. Your respiratory system has developed some bad habits. It knows. Your body knows how to do these things. It's all inside. You just have to give it the ability to move forward. And once you get on a practice you know, everything will be taught to you, mm. you know, one thing after another, you know, it comes, you know, you can get some help from this person or that person who crosses your path and the right people will cross at the right time and just kind of give you a nudge here and there. But it's really, you know, your work and your journey. And all you really have to do is show up. I love this. I, I want to talk with you about the book that you wrote, not yesterday, by the way, Probably this book has been in the works for a while, but the delivery of it has never been more timely. Before we do that, Benny, I would love to start to give copies of the book away. We have three of them. And I want to say this to, to all of you is as I was reading through this book, what, what Dr. Keith does for me personally is he helps and guides us through practices, but explains the brain, the spinal cord, and what it does. And some of us may need to look at that and say, oh, if I do this, this is going to hit my body. I love this about the book. But more importantly, there are ways to refine the techniques. You know, and there's a, there's a beautiful history you lay out and a pathway and a journey to this. And that's why I said, I don't know when you started to write the book, but the delivery is timely. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Copies of the book. Benny's got it. Okay. May I read? Sure. All right. Okay. I'm going to jump ahead. Um, we talk about trauma in the book, but you also talk about returning to balance. Now, I don't know what planet anybody else lives on, but if we're not going to really address the trauma of the past 18 months and every level of it and get people tools, this is the kind of stuff that stays in everybody's cell for a really long time. I want to ask you about the timeliness of your book and the call to action to heal a world. See, isn't this the first time in history that the world has been affected by something equally devastating? Not Nazi Germany, not World War II, not something in the Pacific. But for a long time, we haven't had a global shock to our system. Can you talk 
about the power of these practices to heal? Well, trauma really goes deep, deep, deep to the back to that autonomic nervous system. That, that, that's where a lot of trauma gets held. So especially when, you know, there's chronic stress and that leads to a different type of dysregulation. But when there's kind of unspeakable things that happen or such a shock, and, you know, for some people, some of the events of, you know, the last half a dozen years have, have had that effect on them. Um, there's different types of memories that kind of get set up. I mean, you have thoughts, but there are, there are, there are body memories also. And, and often what happens with trauma is those just don't get integrated. And by, by incorporating uh, breath work in deep states of relaxation, those can get a little more integrated. And, and it, it allows you to feel into those places. So this is, this is an experiential practice. This isn't, oh, you know, go try these things and do it for 10 years and everything will be fine. No, sit, you want an experience now. You know, we're, we're, we want you to feel different now in 10 minutes. And then you're like, oh, I see what's here. And then you can start to follow that. And, 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 and then you have that at your disposal at any time. So the more you practice it, the more at your disposal it is. And you can, you can spend 30 seconds of your day refocused and calm things down again. Plus, it gives you the ability to reflect. Another very important piece of contemplative practices is being able to contemplate. You know, so, you know, we worry, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? What should I do now? Well, when you get into deep states and you can have some ideas just sitting there and you can observe them maybe for what they are, that's very different than trying to make a decision on something. And insights come. And so for people to spend more time in those states, and as they spend more time in those states, they're much less reactive. They influence everybody they interact with. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about simplicity for a moment and power. And I've joked about this a lot. Benny has heard me talk about it. It's interesting. If I play a sport, right? Right. One of those sports you learn at a community center in the Bronx, it's called ping pong, better known when you play it competitively as table tennis. And what's fascinating is if I look at my partners, I, of course, I play singles, but of course I have partners and we're really quite good. I mean, we're I, state I, champions here. Okay. I bet you are, but here they are. And this is what I love about it. When you pick partners that are of different, let's call it spiritual backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. Basically, I'm the only white person, just to be clear. You learn some things. You learn some things about a Hindu tradition. You mm. learn that in the middle of a tournament, you step back and you own. And you don't care if people are laughing at you. But what happens is when you get back, to that spot to play, that very small action changes energy. Can we talk for the time we have left about what I don't think we talk enough about when it comes to yoga um, and it comes to this, when it comes to self-discovery is our abilities as human to change our energy fields despite what's going on. 
So that is really ultimately what any of these practices are about. They are energetic practices. So first you have to be able to start to appreciate your own energies, but it's not so much that you are deciding to change your energy. You know, the practice does that by itself, which is why I, I ended the last uh, uh, little yeah. session when I was talking was, yes, so if you have a practice, your, your vibration is different. And, and that affects other people. It is the most powerful thing you can do. And it will affect, you know, everyone you interact with that day and everyone else they interact with that day. And it just moves out just like a vibration, just like you drop a pebble in, 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 in a pond and you watch the ripples go out. So it's a positive influence that you have. So not only if you do these practices, are you helping yourself, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're really helping everybody else to be able to have a little bit more joy and connection in their life. Hmm. Um, Dr. Keith, first of all, let me thank you. Um, and my thank you is not just for the book. You know, it's thank you for being a voice. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot, and, and I'm going to ask you about this. In my meditation, albeit short, I have a meditation, I have a mantra. And most people say to me, geez, Pat, that's kind of boring. That's your mantra. You say that 70 times a day for 70 days. And I say, yeah, and by the way, it works. But I've learned to ask a question in my meditation. And I ask the question, what is mine to do today? I don't know why that question. I don't know where it came from. And for the past two years, I have been given one word. More. You <laughs> now, some days I get do the laundry, wash the dishes, cut the grass but I get the message more and I never question it I know what that means can you help us in these few minutes that are left talk to how there's a knowing that happens it's hard for me to put into words there's a knowing and until somebody starts to question you about it and you try to explain it with words and language and that's where you really get messed up but there's a knowing Talk about how these practices help us connect with that. Well, again, it's balance, right? It's balance and, yeah. and, and allowing everything to settle and moving to stillness. But, you know, so you mentioned that you have a practice. <laughs> so, so, you know, Kriya Yoga isn't suggesting people change their practices. But in my experience, this, this form of Kriya is a foundational practice. So if you continue to do exactly what you do, but just sit straighter and maybe spend a few minutes with breath work before you do what you do, your, the power of your practice will likely increase. You know, what is prayer? This is, this, is, this is the physiology behind prayer. And so as you, and there, all these experiences are, are ineffable, right? They're, 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 there are volumes written by people over a millennial of the millenniums who have had spiritual experiences and everyone talks about them a little different. And, and, you know, you can, you can learn, 
But you know, one of one of the Korea teachers in in the lineage I come from, and I've I've had the fortunate, I've had the great fortune of interacting with a variety of teachers over the years. Although, with Ganesh Baba, I pretty much spent a better part of five years, mostly living with him. But um, uh, but one one of the things that they'll say is, you know, you can read 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 read. You know, that's all fine, but it's all in the practice. That's what you, it's the experience, it's the practice. Don't get lost in reading this and reading that and doing this and doing that. It's the practice. Certainly fine to read a little bit, but come back to the practice. It's the practice, find a set of practices and practice those practices. Hmm. Um, Dr. Keith, thank you. I know we talked about a lot and I know there is so much we have not talked about. And I wanna spend the last couple of minutes asking you the question, you know, here we are, here's your fabulous book. Again, let folks know how we can find out more about you. And, you know, what are, what are the things you wanna leave us with? Perhaps something we've talked about, perhaps not, but thank you for today. So please let folks know how to get a copy of the book and how to find out more about you. Well, the book is available in wherever you, wherever you buy your um, books or publications. Uh, it's published by Inner Traditions. And the website is koreabreath.com. And I guess what I would like to leave people with is to, is to realize that we all, I mean, we are all part of nature. Nature is probably the strongest thing for us. In fact, the way to really connect with spirit is through nature. It is the greatest teacher. So wake up in the morning, look outside, look at the sky, connect with a tree, find a tree that you talk to every day. Make sure that you connect with nature and connect that with your practice and find a practice. Find something that you do where you start to reflect inside and it will, it will change your life. Dr. Keith, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the help you provide. And again, one more time, please give out those websites that you've mentioned. Um, KriyaBreath.com. So Kriya, K-R-I-Y-A, Breath.com. Is, um, you can find more about the book and about Kriya and about the lineage. Um, and I hope that that um, uh, helps some people. So yeah. this is... And about the classes, because I was looking at the classes you were offering as well. I know you've already started one, um, but please talk about the fact that people can even connect with you uh, to learn. And I yes. think that's what we need. <laughs> yeah, no, people can connect. I mean, the book is supposed to be, you know, the book is really a little bit of a manual. Yeah. You no, know, but, but certainly, you know, I am available through that website. And about every few months, I start up another mm -hmm. class that runs about, you know, six weeks, six, seven weeks or so. And we go through each piece. Um, I try to work one-on-one -on -one with everyone in the class as well. Wow. And we go over all the practices and we practice each class. Mm -hmm. There's practice as part mm -hmm. of each class. And um, um, yeah, so that is, that is available. And if you're in the Portland area, you know, then there's the ability to connect. Yeah. Um, you know, in person too. So. And can we jump in now, even though it started June fifth? Um, potentially, yes. If there's some, there might be a little room left for, okay. especially if you've read the book. 